tell if, if you've been around this place uh, at all or even heard of it, that new song that our uh, worship is our top priority. It, it explains our name, and if you go to our values page and if you look, the very, very top priority, the number one value is worship. And it, I'll just read from the website. Our love for God is the fuel for everything that we do. So our value system really is, if you had to tell somebody, well, why do you do what you do? I'm going to tell you that the, the, the reason that we do what we do uh, is the love uh, for God, the love that we have for Him. We seek honestly to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to be honest with you, all of our other values flow out of this one value, flow out of worship and praise and thanksgiving. The outreaches that we do, it flows, thank you, it flows out of Isaiah 58 where uh, the fast of the Lord. Well, sometimes it's like bringing sacrifices and singing songs and doing all that and come here. But the sacrifice that the Lord was looking was uh, for us to go out and make a difference in our city. So the outreaches that we have to the poor, to the least of these, flow out of this heart of worship, this value of worship, the Bible teachings that we have. It all comes from a place of great reverence in awe, the hospitality and family feel that you experienced when you walked in here is because we are passionate about God. And here's what we know. We're passionate about God, and He's passionate about you. And because He's passionate about you, we're passionate about you. We are so glad to see you and, and have you here. And this is why. It all comes out of worth, uh, worship, the spiritual growth that so many people experience here is because they make a, there's a slight shift that happens. They learn how to be worshipers first and then grow from that place. The healings and breakthroughs that come from here are the times that we spend when we are just singing to God, where we are ministering uh, to Him and spending time in, in uh, His presence. And because we have entered in, we have come close to Him through praise and thanksgiving. And for us, being down at his feet is the most high place. I want to tell you that without worship, without praise, without thanksgiving, that this church and every church would be a much different place. And the Apostle Paul described such a place. It described a group of people that actually knew God, but their lives were very much different than the things that we experience here. It's found in Romans one twenty one. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read out of the NLT uh, this morning. We'll have all the verses up here, which you'll see is going to come in very handy in a little bit. We're going to look how, how a, a lack of worship, a lack of thanksgiving, a lack of acknowledging God affected a group of people. <clears throat> Romans one twenty one says this. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship God or even give him thanks. And so many times I've heard people that, that come in and they've done something for somebody or they've been, maybe it's a family member or something. Somebody's done something nice for them. They've done something nice for somebody else and something happened, something went wrong and they come, they say, well, this happened, blah, 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 this, that, this. And at the very end, you know what they often say? At the end of it, they often say, and they didn't even say Thanks. This is this group uh, of people. They wouldn't worship him 
as God. They might have worshipped him as something else, but they wouldn't worship him as God or give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. And this is the exact opposite of where we're going uh, as New Song. At least this is our heart. I mean, we have to be careful that we don't end up in that place. And the way that we are careful that we don't end up there is that we make worship a top priority in our church. So we're saying that, yes, we know God, and we will worship Him, and we will give Him thanks. And when we do this, it says, then we will see God clearly. So if you don't acknowledge God, if you don't worship Him as God, if you don't give Him thanks, you're going to have a clouded mind. And uh, what you're going to do is you're going to be able, you're going to start creating a, a God that's going to, uh, and this is called idolatry, when you start creating your own gods that doesn't really match up with the God in the Bible. And it says that our minds will be full of light, and then we will be settled. So rather than being in darkness and being confused, in our minds we'll, have, we'll be full of light and they will be settled. We won't be, we won't be swayed into calling right wrong and in calling wrong right. So it's an important thing. Can we see the importance of being somebody that gives thanks? It's, it's so that it's a, it's a clear mind so that we'll see God as he clearly is that we can worship him appropriately. And a lack of thanksgiving, I want to tell you, is what grows complaining hearts. Now, it's one thing to have a complaint, and, you know, sometimes the way uh, things happen, yeah, we all have a complaint in our hearts, but it's a completely different situation. And I'm not talking about that this morning. What I'm talking about this morning is a complaining heart, where the default is it. Some people say, well, I had a bad day. It was just ruined. It was, it was awful. And I'm thinking, well, isn't it really kind of more true? And I'm the same way, okay? Isn't it more true that you had a bad five minutes and then you milked it <laughs> all day trying to convince yourself that you aren't blessed, trying to convince others that you aren't blessed, trying to even convince God how rough you had it? A few bad seconds even, and we can milk it all day. You can milk it for a week if you're good. But this is where our complaining heart uh, comes from. And this is why we need to engage into thanksgiving. And we're going to actually read Psalm 30, uh, 136 this morning. There's a lot of psalms out there. You can just Google Thanksgiving psalms, and they'll, they'll uh, pop up. Um, <clears throat> and here's it. It's, it's always important to look at a, a scripture verse and pull out the principles, the timeless truths that are for us today. But in this case, on Psalm 136, you know that there's even a correct or a best way to read it that's differently than we normally read it. The best way for Psalm 136 isn't that I just stand up here and read it to you. Or that you read it silently to yourself. You know, this psalm in and of itself is, was designed as a worship response song that uh, the Levite would declare a truth, something about God and what he had done, and the people would respond, and they would go back and forth. So that's actually what we're going to do this morning, so you won't have a chance to fall asleep because you ate too much turkey. 
But this is important. So not only is it important that we pull the truths out of Psalm 136, but in this case, it matters exactly how we read it, the style. Most scriptures, it doesn't really matter all that much. And you can certainly read this and get plenty out of it on your own. But to get the most out of it, this psalm right here was given as a gift to us today to help us to build thanksgiving in the culture at New Song Church. This is what this thing was given to us as a gift. And I'll read the first part. And your bit is going to be this, his faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. And before we do that, so you even have an easy part too. I'm not even going to switch it up on you. You just go right there. My part, honestly, too, is like kind of easy too as we go through it because I'm going to read it. But you may not even need these things up on the, the verse here. But there's, a, there's a, a, a word that I have to point out. Uh, before we get started, that will definitely change your outlook or the way that you interpret the scripture. And even as you speak it out, it'll take on a much, much uh, deeper meaning. We need to uh, just go a little bit deeper into the word forever. If we could go back to that uh, slide in, in Hebrew, it is olam. Can you say that? Olam. And God is el olam, which means what? That he is God eternal. He is the everlasting uh, God, but this is it, Olam, and this is the word, and we need to, uh, we need to look at this uh, a little bit deeper, this word, Olam, and certainly it means eternal, certainly it means that there is no end, but did you know that this word in it has the context and the foundation that, that God's uh, love can actually endure your past, that God's love can actually endure any circumstance that you find yourself in today. God is, in this word of the Hebrew understanding, the Jewish understanding would have been that it's not just about time, but it's also about place. It also means that God can come into every part of your life, even the messed up bits. It can come even into a, a country that's in rebellion. It can come into a nation. It can come into a generation that's a mess. It can come into all of those things. Every part of our life, this is olam, forever. And it's not just in the earthly places that God's love endures. God's love endures in all of his creation, in, in the vast stars and uh, the sun, the galaxy that's out there, that he knew that the, if we were Jewish, we would know that Olam, Olam speaks to the limitless love of God. So forever just doesn't mean we're going to start now and then it's going to go you know, without uh, end in the future, but it means it didn't have a beginning in the past. It doesn't mean that there's situations here on earth that this forever love can't break into. The word alam, if we were Jewish, we would know that it has a sense of promise to it, that it has a sense of uh, peace and a sense of hope, that God is el olam, and that it says also in the Bible that his mercy is olam, his mercy is never ending because his mercy is never ending. His love is never ending. And if we look at it, it says his love, his faithful love endures forever. And I love the NLT's translation of this verse uh, the best. His faithful love endures forever. The literal meaning is because forever is his mercy. 
because forever is his mercy is the literal translation, though you can't talk about God's love without talking about God's mercy. So are you guys ready for this? Are you guys fired up? Psalm 136, everybody knows their part. Yours is going to be his faithful love endures forever. And we're going to start off by reading the first uh, four verses. I'll uh, go first. You guys respond. I want all y'all, right? This is my, uh, yeah, this is the south here. So this is how I know it's the plural of you. Or it's like the difference between dude and dudes uh, if you're from Southern California. So, or bras. Uh, bros. Uh, so, anyway, here we go. So, I'll read it out. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. And give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Who alone does mighty miracles. Yeah, it just sounds so great to give thanksgiving. Doesn't it just seem right? Yeah. I want to tell you, the, most, the best thought uh, we can ever have is the thought that says, I should give God thanks. Like if you have that thought, you don't have to wonder if it's a good thought or a bad thought. It's a good thought. It's the right thought. We give thanks because God is a God of miracles. Him alone, you want to tell you, his power is matchless because what is impossible with human beings is possible with God. Now, we call this uh, supernatural power, but I want to tell you, with God, it's just called natural power. And God's design is for us that we would give him thanks, that we would walk in his ways, that we would surrender to his sovereignty, and in that, the supernatural would become our natural. We see it happening right before our eyes at Love Life Charlotte, a place that was doing 50 abortions, and just through the power of prayer, nobody's out there throwing sticks and and, um, trying to do crazy things. It's just strictly power and, and blessing and letting moms know that there's an alternative out there, but these are miracles. We call it we call it supernatural, but actually to God, it's just natural. And if you truly surrender to Him, I'll guarantee you, you'll start seeing more and more of these supernatural things becoming just a natural part of our lives. And these supernatural works, these miraculous works uh, in our lives, are signs to us that reveal God's heart to us. So this is why. Thanksgiving is so important that when, when we see these signs that we acknowledge them because it reminds God's heart for us. And the more that we know his heart for us, the more we'll live in expectation. And expectation and, and gratitude, I want to tell you, I spoke about it a little bit earlier, but these things are just like two pedals on a bicycle. And as you have gratitude and it goes down, I want to tell you, then all of a sudden expectation rises up. And then you push down on the expectation pedal and all of a sudden uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> gratitude pedal comes up. There's only two things to remember. Come on. You know. <laughs> so maybe that bicycle got more complicated. I thought it was like pretty simple. 
expectation, right, and gratitude. Expectation and gratitude. They're like, and they create this momentum in your life that creates a place where the natural happens. You know, this gratitude and expectation, they will connect you to the miraculous work of God in your lives. It's how we rise up out of uh, rejection or discouragement or disappointment. Everybody, anybody ever been in those places? Yeah, for some, we could just raise our hand. We walked in that way this morning. Well, this is how we deal with it. Psalm 77, verses uh, 10 through 12. It shows a man, uh, a psalm writer, that was in exactly the same spot. He was. He felt for sure that God had rejected him. He thought that God had wasn't noticing the trouble that he was in. And then he begins to engage in thanksgiving. Let's see what happens. Psalm 77, 10. And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. You know, that's not just a very good thought. Just so you know. Ah, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. See, he engages in thanksgiving. We can see. Now this peddlement, okay, he's showing gratitude. He's starting this thing moving. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. And Thanksgiving does this. It connects us to the God in our lives, to God in our lives. And I believe, like I said, here's the thing. I want us to be so focused on giving thanks and worshiping God that we just don't even hardly notice what it seems God's not doing. Okay? Now, that's a very important word. Has anybody here ever had a situation where you were pretty sure God wasn't doing anything? Like the situation, it was stagnant, it was going backwards, it was whatever it is, and then you found out, oh gosh, God was actually working on my behalf the whole entire time. Have you ever had a situation like that? So this is what he's talking about. I'm just going to meditate. I'm going to focus on those things. That's what I'm going to let influence my life of faith, uh, these things, and give thanks. And sometimes we can lose the wonder of God. And it says, like, he's done wonderful deeds. And I'll say, if you lost the wonder of God, it's probably because we just lost thanksgiving. We lost gratitude. And to get it back, it's just a matter of beginning to give him praise with your very next breath. Give him, uh, give him thanks. So let's go to Psalm. Let's drop down uh, back to Psalm 136, our Psalm of Thanksgiving, and verses 5 through 9. You guys ready for this? You guys did awesome in the first uh, little section, so we'll see what you got here. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to change it up just a little bit. So you guys, you guys are just such a fantastic group of people. What I want you to do is I want, uh, uh, I want you to tell your neighbor. I want you to read this in response to your neighbor and remind your neighbor of these things, right? So you're going to read his faithful love endures forever and tell somebody that's next to you when it comes up, okay? So verse 5, give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. 
Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. Uh, the sun to rule the day. <laughs> and the moon and stars to rule the night. All right. We got some overachievers right here. But I want to tell you, isn't this just a great thought to have? Right? Because his mercies are never ending. His mercies are never ending. We need to remind ourselves. Now, wait, and I think, Rich, did you read out of Psalm 89 this morning? It could have been. So, and he says this in 8911, it says, The heavens are yours, the earth is yours, everything in the world is yours. You created it all. I want to tell you that God is creator. That's why we can give thanks to him. That's why we should give thanks to him. And if he can create uh, order and purpose and make something good out of the, the nothingness and the chaos that was out there, I want to tell you that he can handle the circumstances that are going to come your way. He can make something good out of our lives. And if he can sustain the universe, if you think about it, create the universe and sustain it, uh, he can handle your messes. He can. He can. Let's drop down uh, and go through 13 through 16. You guys ready? Give thanks to him who parted the sea, the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Okay, what's the other thing we can see about God here in this passage, that God, we can give thanks to God because he is our deliverer. He is our deliverer. And if you notice, he didn't just deliver uh, Israel once from Pharaoh, that also when they were in the wilderness, stuck in all their junk, right? I don't, we don't have time to go into all that, but they were kind of a hot mess, like in the desert at times. Sometimes they got it really right, but other times. But even then, he says that it was God that led his people through the wilderness. And I'm sure as God's people, can you imagine this thing of, of all the years of bondage, this horrible uh, life that they had, and then all of a sudden they, they're being chased. They come to the edge of the Red Sea, and they're thinking. They probably had the moment we've all had them. I was like, God, what is the plan here? Like, And they can see the cloud. They can hear the thunder of Pharaoh's chariots uh, behind them coming. And and in that, in that, God parted the sea. And it's important that when we're facing these things that we know, time and time we read about in the Bible that this person was facing this, this nation was facing that. And then it always says, but God. And so many times this is the thanksgiving part, but God did this. But God parted the Red Sea and led his people through. So that, and this is for our benefit, so that we can come to a place where we can have that moment where we say, God, what is the plan here that we can give thanks? And we'll see our story unfolding for the glory of God. I want to tell you that thanksgiving will connect us to our deliverance. Thanksgiving will connect us to 
our deliverance. Let's go to uh, verses 21, 22, and then verse 25. We'll see another uh, reason that we should thank God. <clears throat> 21, God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful forever. A special possession to his servant Israel. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Yeah, so we give thanks because God is our provider. You've probably heard uh, the name of God talked about in terms of Jehovah Jireh. And many people say, oh, God, my provider. But I want to tell you, in literal translation, that's not what it means. It means the God who sees. The God who sees. But here's the thing that's different about our God is that he's not like other gods. He's not like other people that can see a need and walk past. Right? God loves us so that we have a compassionate, heavenly Father. And if he sees a need, he's going to meet that need. So that's why it comes, you know, Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. It actually means the God who sees. And you may be feeling that God doesn't see my situation right now. I've got needs and I'm getting desperate. I need him to move. I want to guarantee you that he is the God who sees. And if we learn anything through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, and then it says that sooner or later, one way or another, God comes through for those who love him. Sooner or later, one way or another, God delivers those that love him. He's our provider. Thanksgiving connects us to the provision of God. In Matthew 15, 36, there's a story of the seven loaves and the fishes. We're familiar with that. And 36 says this, Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. And we know the rest of the story, that not only were thousands of needs met, but they actually had some some bits and some pieces, some loaves and some fishes that were left over there. There was this great miracle that'll happen. And I want to tell you that if you will take whatever you have, like we're always, don't wait for, oh, when I have this, or when I get the better thing, or I get the more thing, and all that Okay, this verse is telling us that you just take whatever you have, no matter how small or insignificant you think it is, and place it in Jesus' hands, and you give thanks. And I want to tell you that you have the raw material for a miracle, for this supernatural thing to be a very natural thing. Thanksgiving is part of uh, that process. So... I want to give you just some practical points on how we can engage you. I and mean, we all know how to be thankful. So number one, say please and thank you. Okay? Say please and say thank you. And you'll start building a culture of thanksgiving in your life and in the people around you. Say it regularly. Send out thank you cards. We got some thank you cards last week. It was unbelievable. I, I, I can't tell you the power of a thank you card. And I wish I sent out more because I, I certainly have uh, so many people that make new songs such a tremendous place uh, to be. Um, 
but we really appreciate it. It's kind of a lost start, right? We used to go to the, we went to the e-cards, and then it was just really just spam waiting to happen. It was just like, ah. <clears throat> then people didn't go like, thank you for sending me that thing that just, you know, wiped out my uh, hard drive <laughs> and stuff, you know. So I can see where we kind of lost it. We need to pick it up. Just go to the store and buy a little pack, and don't buy just one. Buy a little 10-pack of cards. When somebody's on your mind and they've done something, just send them a thank you. The Facebook post. I got a Facebook post uh, yesterday for somebody just like, Thank you for reminding me of the thing that we had declared over here and we've seen with our own eyes and we give praise and glory to God for it. Thank you for that. Because here's the important thing, right? And the, the, the problem that Paul had with the, the certain people group that we read about in, in um, Romans 121 is like, hey, they didn't even say thank you. So at the very least, we have to be able to be people that say thank you. Do you agree? Does that make sense? If you've been blessed, pass the blessing on. A lot of times we think the blessing is for us just so that we can grow in stature or we can grow in prominence or we can grow in comfort, but that's not why we're blessed. Jesus, if you follow the life of Jesus, makes it pretty clear that we receive these things so that we can uh, give them, that we can bless others. So reach out to someone who's struggling uh, make a homemade dinner, and sometimes you don't even have to ask. You don't even, I mean, the Meals on Wheels, or what's that page that we use? Sorry. Meal Train is great, but sometimes, and if you ask somebody, and we've all been the person that somebody's asked us to do something, we say, well, what do you say? No, nah, no, we're okay, we're okay. You know what? Maybe wait a day or two, but go ahead and take a meal. And, and make two. Make something they can put in the freezer for a next day. Um, but just let them know that you're thinking about them and, and go and say hi. The other thing is collect cans for food pantry or collect toys for toy drives. This is a way of saying that we're grateful, that we understand that, that Jesus Christ makes provision a reality in our lives, that everything that we have comes from God's hand, and it's just a way of giving back out. So we've got a toy drive. There's certainly a lot of different things uh, that you can do there. Uh, get into God's creation. I've got some of these pictures, and just I'm just like, oh, my word. If I ever doubted that there was a God, I can look on Jim Neal's Facebook page, and I'm just like, oh, my word. Or Teresa's, or who had one up the other day? Um, Ashley, you had. Where was that picture taken? My gosh, you would think that it was like in some like tropical or out there place, but right in her neighborhood. It was just this moment, but she snapped it and shared it. I want to tell you, I was just like, there is a God. Like that didn't just happen randomly. Like there's an artist or artiste uh, behind uh, this thing. So get into God's creation, and it can be definitely be a way, and then give him thanks for it. Oh, the sound of the of uh, the birds, the sights, and the different things that you see. Start and keep a, a, a journal of the things that you're thankful for. This is an awesome thing to remind yourself. You might call it a memorial book. I know Teresa Rice has got one where the m- things that God's done, like pictures she has, receipts for things, uh, proof and ticket stubs and all this stuff, and, and much, much, much more of this kind of book of everything that God has done for her. And she just keeps it just like memorial stones, like what they did, right, the, the Hebrews would. If God had given them something, if God did a miracle at a certain place, they put a, a stone there because, or a stack of stones because they wanted to remember. And when every generation would walk past that stone, that they would know that God, that his faithful love 
endures forever. And if he was faithful to their generation, that he would be faithful to their generation. Sing a worship song. What an idea. And especially, or just read a psalm of thanksgiving. I said you can Google it, but Psalm 100, 107, 118, uh, Psalm 34, uh, to name a few. But, but honestly, read those on a regular basis. Get into the praise psalms. There's 150, I don't know how many of the, them are actually praise songs, but start in like the, the hundreds and kind of go... Uh, from there. Psalm 9, I will tell of your wonders. So his faithful love endures forever. You guys awake? Can you see the power in just even reminding each other? I want to tell you the reason that we start off with praise and worship isn't uh, it's not like background music so that everybody can get coffee and kind of shuffle in. Well, uh, honestly, it, we do it. Well, I don't know what, why, why other places do it, but we do it here first. We don't even do it to wake you all up. Let's be sure we have a hand clapper. We don't even, it's not to wake anybody up. It's because the first thing that we need to do is to come in and say thanks. Thank you, God, for everything you did Monday through Saturday. We know that his mercies are new every morning, so we should be giving thanks every morning. So this is it for us. And all of our other values flow out of this thing. (coughs) We're going to close with some worship, but before we do, I had a... uh, Go ahead and slip up, team. Uh, in in praying this morning, I I felt uh, well. One is I, I can understand that that there would be some on Thanksgiving that uh, that Thanksgiving's a tough time, and it might be harder than other times to actually give Thanksgiving on the holiday that you're supposed to be giving Thanksgiving, and everybody sat around the table. Ah, little Johnny, I'm thankful for. Transformers, or, you know, it's kind of you go around a circle, and sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, okay, but I, I, I get it. But I know it can be hard, and I believe there's, uh, turn that down. <laughs> Very loud noise. In too much of that. And here's what I saw, or impressed, or whatever your theology is. <clears throat> but I saw a table, and I saw some people sitting around a table. Uh, but there was one chair that was empty. And it was hard for the people at the table to give thanks because this one person was missing. And I want to give you an encouragement this morning. 
And I believe the Lord says to give thanks for that person is returning. For that person is coming back. For that person will be sitting at the table with you. That that fellowship and relationship will be restored. This is the other thing about Alam. God's love that's forever and his great mercy is that it extends into relationships as well. It's not just about time. Because this person has been absent and you've felt lost, I want to tell you that that God can redeem that that time where where there was loss. He can make it just as if it never happened. Because he can do and pour out something so miraculous, so supernatural, so filled with blessing that you won't even have time to remember when they weren't at the table.